Welcome back to Horoscope Witch. It's Mal and happy Samhain slash happy Halloween and welcome to the Horoscope Witch Samhain special. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this this one. It, it's such a cool episode and you know whenever I'm I'm feeling the urge to talk about witchy topics i gotta have my good friend ethereal odysseys allison on the show with me just because i think two witches is better than one (laughs) and it's so great to have her perspective on this episode and i think we really took our Samhain conversation to the next level now if you're a baby witch, maybe you're not familiar with Samhain, um, but Samhain is the pagan holiday that takes place on Halloween, and Halloween actually comes from the tradition of Samhain. Uh, now, Samhain does not sound at all as it's spelled. It actually looks like it's pronounced Samhain, but uh, the correct or one of the, the main pronunciations of of the holiday is Samhain. And maybe you've vaguely heard about what Samhain is meant to celebrate. And mainly, th- the main themes when it comes to Samhain are celebrating our ancestors, honoring and giving thanks to our ancestors, but also Samhain is considered the witch's new year. And it's the time of the year that supposedly the veil is thinned, uh, meaning that uh, our connections to the other side are much stronger this time of year than any other time. And that has to do with also, you know, as we approach fall and winter, the days are getting shorter, the nights are getting longer. And we're just kind of collectively moving into sort of a hibernation, sort of death, metaphorical death state. <laughs> now, uh, this total, I named this episode Not Your Average Samhain Conversation because it's totally not your average Samhain conversation. We talked a little bit about the history of Samhain and what Samhain traditionally means, uh, but then we got into so much more uh, when it comes to just the underlying themes of Samhain. We talked about our relationship to our ancestors and also I I mentioned a little bit about uh, my privilege and when it comes to celebrating my ancestors and what it really means to me. We talked about society's fear of death and how that comes up during Samhain. And we also talked about our experiences with Halloween as kids and how Halloween can actually kind of be a scary time of the year as a child. Um, Even though it's always fun to dress up in our costumes, how does this kind of spooky time of the year influence our spiritual journeys later down the road? Uh, So, And that was just a few things we talked about. We also discuss sustainability when it comes to witchcraft, And a whole bunch of other stuff too. And towards the end, we touch a little bit on the astrology of this upcoming Samhain. So I hope this this episode helps the baby witches out there. What I've been finding on my witchcraft journey is that uh, 
when it comes to reading about the traditional pagan holidays like Samhain and Beltane and Mayban and uh, so on and so forth, I have trouble connecting to the holidays unless I make them my own. And I think this conversation really, really helped me understand what Samhain means to me on a personal level. And I think this can really be really thought provoking for all the baby witches listening, um, how they can really think about Samhain in a new and unusual way. So I hope you guys enjoy and let me know what you think about this episode. I'll put my information in the show notes and Allison's information in the show notes. Uh, We're available to work with you um, throughout October and November. There is a point in this conversation where it gets a little glitchy and we get kind of cut off and we have to come back on into the conversation, but hopefully you guys don't mind uh, the technical difficulties. We are in Mercury shadow retrograde after all. So <laughs> thanks guys. Hello. How's, how's the connection? Uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. Okay. Yeah. Well, ha- ha- okay. Well, welcome. Welcome to Horoscope Witch. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and then happy early Samhain. Um, I know we're going to talk about Samhain. And also, this is weird because I feel like we've just been having an extended phone conversation for the past <laughs> like 48 hours. So this just feels like another extension of us being on the phone as always. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I know you've been on Horoscope Witch before, but will you kind of remind our listeners of your sun, moon and rising and, and what you're up to in the witchy world? Sure. Um, my name is Allison. I am the um, host of Ethereal Odyssey podcast. I'm also a psychic and intuitive healer uh, based out of Southeastern Ohio. Um, and my sun sign is Aquarius, moon is in Gemini, and uh, Capricorn rising. Oh my gosh, wonderful. <laughs> um, so I'm so glad you're here with me to talk about Samhain because I actually Mm -hmm. remember like we first started talking around the time of Samhain last year and last year when I was in Malaysia I was actually trying to like celebrate figure out how to celebrate Samhain because it was like my first witch holiday And there's in many ways, I still consider myself a baby witch for everybody listening. But I remember, I remember messaging you on like Instagram in our early stages of friendship. And I asked you like, what, how do you, how, what are this? Like, how do you do this? (laughs) And you had like a really good idea. You said you like Samhain for you. It wasn't just about like honoring our ancestors. You also honored like celebrities that were passed on that you really connected with. And it was about honoring more than just um, like your ancestral lineage. But that being said, I guess you could, I guess we want, I want to know more, like what is the traditional meaning of Samhain in, in the pagan world? And does your, does your meaning differ or do you think it's kind of the same? Okay, well, I by no means am an expert, but as far as I 
am aware. Samhain stems from the Celtic pagan traditions. Um, although I do feel like there is uh, similar forms of like harvest slash ancestor worship that exists cross-culturally, especially in um, cultures that are mostly like season um, based, if I guess I can phrase it like that. Um, so yeah, Samhain was basically a time of year where it was the, it was the end of like the harvest time. So um, the people would gather around bonfires. This was the first time, I mean, fires were used all the time, but this was big for them because this was starting to be the colder time of year, uh, when the days were starting to get shorter. Um, and with bonfires, you get all of the animals that come out, um, around those times. So like bats because of the mosquitoes from the fire and then also owls. But I didn't really know that owls were like a Halloween thing or like a Samhain thing until recently, but we'll get into that later. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but uh, apparently there was also, like, a lot of, like, animal sacrifice, which is funny because you would think that, you know, being at the end of harvest time, you would want to have, you know, stock up on everything you can for the winter, but it was kind of like this this form of showing abundance to, you know, spirit or to ancestors, like, thank you for all of this, like, um, harvest and this abundance that you've prepared or helped us um, gather for the year let me like repay this by giving you something big also yes I love that and it's funny because it's funny that you said like the animal sacrifice mm-hmm. thing um, because I just googled like the definition of Samhain because I just wanted to see what popped up and I just wanted to get like the most basic answer because there's so much there's so many um like nuances about what it means and and all of the layers to how Samhain's a time of this veil thinning and and connecting with your ancestors and the first thing that popped up was something from history.com and it was talking about Halloween and it was saying that Halloween it literally says right here I'm reading it Halloween originated with the ancient Celtic festival Samhain when people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts but then I was like what the heck history.com aka probably like whiteman.com like that's not really what they were doing like they Mm -hmm. weren't warding off ghosts they were doing all of this stuff to honor the ancestral lineage and like Mm -hmm. you said give thanks for the harvest and also we can't forget that this is the new year We're, we're celebrating like the end of the season and we're going into the darkness as you said yeah yeah and it's funny because costumes are something that are really widely debated like um everybody thinks that costumes are because you know evil spirits are about or mischievous and you don't want or like your ancestors you know are coming back and you don't want them to like recognize you and I feel like it's it's the opposite really I feel it's though the costumes that you're wearing are for a reason you know you dress up as a witch or an owl or a pumpkin because those are the things that you're honoring during these times and Mm. like skeletons. um, So let's use, I know day of the dead is not exactly the same, but it's the same time of year. 
um, you're, you're kind of giving your ancestors like a comfort zone and like honoring their presence. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Like you're making it kind of easier for them to come into this world. Like if we're dressed as like someone from a, a hundred years ago, like, or if we're dressed in like a historical costume, we're making it easier for them to kind of come into this world and feel comfortable. <laughs> right, never, right. I've never thought about it that way, but it's kind of <laughs> interesting to, to take that perspective. Yeah. So that being said, you know, me, like my, my deeply scholarly research, me Googling what is Samhain. <laughs> um, but you did, you gave a really good like definition of the history, just like the basic history of Samhain. But for you, like personally, as a witch, as a tarot reader, as an intuitive, like how do you make Samhain your own when quite frankly, I think we, we pervert the, the celebration probably (laughs) just because of its its association with Halloween and not everybody gets that Halloween literally comes from the tradition of Samhain so how do you make it your own okay so for me I think that Samhain and Halloween are very I've come to learn them as very similar things. Um, I feel like they serve different purposes. And when I, I think it's just from my in like ancestral, um, what am I trying to say? The, the behaviors that I have learned through them, um, just channeling them has been, um, very commonly about, hiding magic in plain sight so when Mm. i'm talking about celebrating halloween i mean i'm celebrating Samhain. like i'm not so much concerned with the halloween aspect yeah it's fun and exciting but i think it's it's like me celebrating yule and calling it christmas if that makes sense yeah. Oh, that totally makes sense. And I right. think it's I think it's interesting that yeah, we have sort of blanketed mm-hmm. this like we do for Yule. Um yeah. and for all all the pagan holidays, quite frankly, mm-hmm. we we blanket them as something that's kind of like hallmark and commercialized. Yeah. And we also demonize Samhain a lot and we've made it kind of a scary event, which is why I respect the celebration of day of the dead so deeply because Mm -hmm. like just the premise of being able to celebrate um, the people who we love that have been passed on I think that's Mm -hmm. so lost in our society that that literally fears death to the extreme right and I will say that even though Disney has a tendency to bastardize um old traditions or stories or something <laughs> like that into like cartoon movies i will say um that the way they portrayed um mulan and the way they portrayed um what is that movie and it's about the little boy during the day of D- the dead no i'm talking about coco um, oh yeah if you haven't yeah. seen that like the, both of those movies really 
get that feeling of, you know, honoring your ancestors and they're still with you. They're still around you. Um, you can still communicate with them. And I love that they were able to capture that to like a younger audience that probably wouldn't understand that if they weren't in immersed in those ideas all the time. Yeah, totally, totally. And, you know, I think that, and we'll talk about like we talk about um, yeah. kind of like Halloween, <laughs> Halloween, and I don't know if we yeah. can get into it, but yeah, I think that um, I think that speaking of children in Disney movies, I always always believe that children are like the most intuitive beings on this planet, and mm-hmm. I do think that there are aspects of specifically Halloween that sort of turn our spirituality, and I think a child's natural ability to connect to spirit. I kind of feel like Halloween might teach them to be scared of that or um, kind of starting to fear death or the other side or spirit or just making it scary in general. Um, But I wonder, you know, as a kid, like before, well, I think we were always witches, but before (laughs) you, before you knew about Samhain and like, Uh and you were celebrating Halloween, like, did you have a, this is a kind of a general question, but did you have a good experience as a kid with Halloween or was it something that would scare you? Because I remember having some very frightening experiences like with Halloween in general and maybe I'm just a scaredy cat, but I feel like that kind of scared me away from the spiritual world for a while. <laughs> um, I It wasn't specifically about the spiritual world as much as it was the way that it crossed like the the way that it crossed the physical world um and the people that are currently living in it not really the past ones like i always had a weird feeling you know that that like superstition of like hold your breath as you pass a graveyard you know or else like i don't know the ghosts would like s- seek your soul or something <laughs> weird like that um so that was like always in the background But, I mean, for the most part, I loved Halloween. It was one of my favorite holidays of the entire felt truly, like, open to this avenue of creativity. Um, No surprise, I was a witch several years on and off. Um, And, yeah, I just felt like it was such a great opportunity to get together, to have fun, um, it wasn't so much ancestor worship based, but it was a really fun time for me. I think the things that would scare me were much more like brainwashing that my parents um, and like our society had pushed onto associating with Halloween, like stranger danger, like, um, you know, check all your kids' candy. Don't let them eat anything that's homemade um, because of, you know, you'll find razor blades and apples and you'll find poison and candy that's been opened. And, you know, all throughout, like, history, I, I found that there was maybe, like, a couple instances, but of um, things actually being inside of candy, but it was more or less, like, family members trying to, like kill each other inside of their house, not their neighbors maliciously trying to hurt kids at all. Um, Which I thought was a really interesting 
thing, this whole amped up of, you know, creatures of the night and stranger danger and, you know, being taken in the middle of the night is just very, uh, it's just so false because all of these fears are based on hiding the real truth of why you're wanting to make us be afraid, you know, when we should really be afraid of those closest to us, if anything, if that makes sense. Oh, gosh, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that really resonated with me. Because I think that sometimes it's funny that Halloween does maybe bring up this fear of the fear of the other or Mm -hmm. the fear of leaving home or the fear of strangers. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas in reality, like the vast majority of the trauma that we carry around comes from the things that we experienced inside of our homes. Right, right. And there was um, somebody who had mentioned on the documentary that, for in order for this holiday to work, there has to be so much trust, trust with, you know, kids being safe in the neighborhood, trust with, um, you know, being able to accept offerings from other households. Um, like there's a lot of trust going on in the holiday. And if you're taught not to trust anybody, then how can you really enjoy yourself? And if you're taught not to trust any spirits that you may feel um, because it might be demonized, then of course people are going to be freaking out around this time of year. Mm, I love that. Well, I don't love that, but I love that point. (laughs) Yes. I think that, I think there's something about this time of year and the way uh, kind of like the, like the, the communication and the conversation around the topics that we talk about when it comes with Halloween, I think we're, we're actually being taught maybe not to trust, I mean, in others, but also not to trust in spirits. And I think, I think there is a um, sort of an idea that if around Samhain, when the veil is thinned, what if you are, you know, experiencing a message from spirit? Or what if you are Mm -hmm. feeling the closeness of an ancestor who is passed on? And for some Mm -hmm. reason, that has to be scary, or that has to be spooky. And yeah, maybe maybe it's not maybe and I don't think it actually is. But I think that is very much our conditioning and I can mm-hmm. I can definitely speak for that in in a sense of like you know de- trying to develop my mediumship skills for my psychic readings and being more mm-hmm. open to communicating with people's loved ones who have passed on and mm-hmm. there's a point where like I'm in spirit and my higher self is not afraid and I feel very protected but then when I'm outside of spirit and I'm like holy shit I just talk to this person's dead brother or whatever, then my Mm -hmm. human monkey mind feels like terrified. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And I think, and I think we're all kind of experiencing that during Samhain time. Although I don't know if we really like to talk about our mistrust in spirit and, and where it comes from. Right. And I think you posed a really good question um, when you had sent me like notes for this show why are we afraid of the dead? Um, and 
I thought about it for a while and I think it comes down to we're taught to fear the dead because we're taught to fear the unknown and not to ever question anything, especially when it comes to any, anything that has to do with spirituality and religion. Now, it's been my experience that there, there isn't much room for spirits um, in Christianity unless it's like the Holy Ghost or the devil or some variation of angels and demons, you know. Um, and our souls, like, according to this paradigm, are supposed to be in either heaven or hell, like past one, loved ones. So you can't talk to your grandmother because you need a priest or a god to connect you through this avenue um, so what you're experiencing is probably the devil trying to weave his way into your life. So don't listen to that if they're trying to communicate with you, you know? No. Oh my God. Absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. And even like, I don't, I didn't realize this until this moment, but even like being raised in the Catholic tradition, I think, mm-hmm. and I'm sure any, any tradition that's Christ is based off of Christianity, there is an idea yeah. that like, if you want to like visit or pay respect to the dead, you have to do it like at the resting place of the person. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to the cemetery, you're, you're praying at their grave. Um, It's sort of like this formal visit where you're bringing flowers or whatnot. But Mm -hmm. I, that's what I love about Samhain because Samhain encourages us to invite that into the home and mm-hmm. make an altar dedicated to our loved one or um, just kind of leave our home open for any spirit who would like to come through who's in our highest good and granted I've always felt so at peace in graveyards in the way that I think most of them are very en- energetically empty I don't think yeah. the dead I don't think the dead likes to hang out in graveyards. I think they like to be in the familiar places where they were living. Mm-hmm. Um, so almost visiting the dead at a graveyard, it kind of doesn't make sense to me at times. No, I completely agree. Like I've heard this whole spiel of, you know, using graveyard dirt for spells. And that's great if you resonate with that. But I completely agree whenever I'm in a graveyard, I I think I just feel a sense of disconnect because, you know, if I want to go visit somebody, why would I go to their the place where we move their body to? That makes no sense if they're no longer in that body. Now, if it was some sort of like, you know, evolving altar like basically if let's say their remains were moved into like a large garden and that was a giant altar in itself that would make more sense to me something that is alive and thriving and you know their bodies are constantly giving back to the earth in order to you know sustain more plants or trees or something like that but you really you don't see much plant life other than grass and like one tree in graveyards um so for me it makes no sense and I really appreciated your view on inviting ancestors into the home because I feel as though my connection with my ancestors are much more 
easily um, achieved whenever I am inviting them in my home because not only am I comfortable, I feel like they are much more comfortable because maybe they had all of those weird associations while they were alive as well. So they're like, you know, don't go to a graveyard. I don't want to be here either. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I completely I completely see what your point. Um, what? So speaking of like altars and, and how mm-hmm. we're actually going to celebrate mm-hmm. the shindig, you know, this year in a, in a week or so, like, what mm-hmm. are, can I ask if it's not too personal? Like, do you have any plans um, for your own Samhain ritual? Like, are you going to decorate your altar or are you going to call anybody in or what are you feeling with this with this one? You know, I'm not sure if I'm specifically feeling like I need to call um, a specific ancestor in. I think that I will make a family recipe like my grandmother's like bread pudding recipe just to feel more connected with her and, you know, our family as a whole. Um, I'll probably be making that and then um, probably making some kind of like ornament according to like an ancestor, a past, um, you know, celebrity that I feel so connected to for a certain reason. Um, I think we had mentioned in a past episode about like Kurt Cobain being one of those people. Um, I like the idea of having ornaments for people just like, you know, just like kids make ornaments for themselves or for their mothers, you know, um, I I like this idea of making ornaments for ancestors. And plus it's way more practical to reuse them each year or, you know, something like that. Yeah. I love that. I love that idea. I feel like I'm on the same page as you. Like there's something about Samhain that I think, and I think this is traditional, like in kind of making a meal that Mm -hmm. what is, you know, somehow relevant to your ancestors yeah and I've also heard of people like leaving a plate um like on the table like kind of like in an empty chair like for the ancestors as an offering and Mm. I do I do like that idea of um of kind of like inviting that like really making it warm and inviting to come into this earth and visit with us yeah yeah I think me personally I I really do like the idea of putting you know coins on your altar or like food on your altar or something like that but for me it seems very it seems impractical um because maybe I don't have the abundance of food at the time or maybe I don't have the abundance of money at the time and for me it's like I'm thinking about you know, what am I going to do in a week? Am I just going to let this food like rot on this plate or these coins just sit here and never, ever use them? (laughs) And it makes me feel bad because what if I need that money or what if I need to throw that food, you know, outside to let decompose? Like I would feel like I'm taking something away from them. So I think when I am offering them something, I'm offering them more, um, love letters in my journal. I'm offering them more like lighting candles for them. Um, 
you know, giving them so much love and support to like feed on so that they can use that to like manifest themselves. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. I like, I like hashtag real life, which problems <laughs> I don't yeah. want to leave food on my altar. Cause like, you know, you're, you bring up a good point though. It kind of is mm-hmm. impractical, uh, impractical and maybe the modern witch wants something a little bit more sustainable, um, something like an idea that you don't have to waste anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I suppose we could always like bring the plate of food outside, you know, the next morning for, you know, any animal to come feed on. But that still seems kind of right. a lot, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I would I would be more open to it if my altar for my ancestors were like at the base of a tree or something outside, you know. Um, but I don't really have that specific area. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was going to say that I think around, well, I don't think, I know, and anybody who has Instagram and follows, like, a bunch of witches and readers like I do, you're probably noticing that, like, just, like, the materialism behind witchcraft, like, just skyrockets around mm-hmm. Halloween and Samhain, and I think yeah. we're, we're, like, bombarded with, like, monthly subscription boxes with spells and, um, like, a bunch of other stuff that that is, ex- quite frankly, expensive, Mm-hmm. And it seems kind of extra to me at times. Like, do you, are you tempted? You know, you can, you can tell us the truth. Like, are you tempted to like <laughs> go full out? Like, you know, buy all this stuff, buy the fancy candle. It's the new year after all, um, you know, treat yourself, make your altar super nice. Or are you more feeling the sustainable route this year? <laughs> um. I'm definitely feeling more conscious of where I'm putting my money. Now, although I do like the idea of subscription boxes, realistically, are you going to be using a full candle and bath salts and herbs all within that month? Or are you just going to end up having this stockpile of stuff after a while that just sits in a drawer? Now, are you, you know, and... It would make sense if they follow more of, like, the pagan wheel of the year. Um, That makes sense to me. But I feel as though if you're going to do that, make sure that it is somebody who is um, a local artist or somebody who's a little bit more environmentally sustainable, um, getting their products from somebody who is sustainable as well and not promoting this over harvest um, of our environment or indigenous plants. Um, And then also it's just so wasteful for um, like packaging, like the Mm. idea of, you know, 80% of our landfill is packaging alone just like blows my mind. It's so sick. It's so sick. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to pass, but, like, I like the (laughs) idea, but I'm going to pass. I think, I just think, 
I agree with you. And I'm not, I don't think I would throw shade to like, you know, maybe you're like just a Libra Taurus witch who just likes their stuff <laughs> and, and likes their right. fancy, their fancy altar stuff. And, and that's cool. And you find value mm-hmm. and use out of it. But lately, right. I've just been, I don't know, has this, has this coin, has this term been coined, but I'm like going full blown sustainable witch. I'm like, nope, my altar's outside. I'm not even bringing this shit inside. I'm like going to go find a tree stump. I'm going to like collect some feathers and some stones and just, and just say my prayers outside and don't even take it from mother nature. Like, I feel like we can't even, (laughs) we can't even afford that anymore. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep it outside and just do my rituals kind of with fresh air and just nothing that's toxic or unnatural. I just want it all to be from the earth. That's my that's my current witchcraft mood. <laughs> right. It makes so much more sense to put to put your money into something that's either going to be sustainable or you're going to have around for a long time. So lately I've noticed that I've been putting my my money into things that don't necessarily pay off to what I need to use them for. Um, like for an example, instead of buying like tons of cheap sunglasses that would scratch super easy and all lose and not be as careful with them, I'm trying to save money for a really nice pair that I will be more conscious about holding on to them and uh, they'll last me a little bit longer. Plus the company is probably going to be a little bit more environmentally conscious as well. Um, But that's a whole nother like, you know, story, but I don't feel like you need to buy any of these, you know, hocus pocus t-shirts. And like, I love that movie just like everybody else, but I don't feel like I need another mug that says all of these like kitschy things. Like, I think that just, just watch the damn movie (laughs) like, and go out like get some pine cones that are already down if you have glitter like add some glitter on them and you can make your own like ornaments for like a tree outside or you know if you have things to make like an apple pie like put runes in the bottom of them you know what I mean like get creative with the way that you celebrate I don't think you need any anything I think you just need like yourself and to be resourceful Right. I I couldn't agree more. And like to be honest, I want I want my witches to make money. Like I <laughs> like yeah. I, like I really do. Like I want these people who are creating this stuff to mm-hmm. to make money, but then at the same yeah. time, like we're not thinking long term. And and really I think if you're a witch, like in who are you worshiping like you're worshiping Gaia you're worshiping mother the mother goddess mother nature and Mm -hmm. I always try to keep Gaia in mind like first and foremost and then have all of my materialism in witchcraft come afterwards (laughs) yeah and one of the points um I had written out was to stop buying um, cheap China based things that are going to break in a couple months or you're just going to throw away and invest your money into a local psychic and get some like supportive messages. Or, you know, if you feel as though you could use some guidance for the upcoming year, 
um, I would totally hit one up, even if they're not local. Like, you know, there's all of these avenues for remote support as well. And you never know which ancestor is going to try to, like, come in and be like, honey, I've been trying to call you for, like, five years. Why haven't you answered? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Very good point. I think it would be, you know... I let like low key <laughs> we'll just plug ourselves right now yeah <laughs> you know? why not you no know, but why not like yeah it is a yeah. very good time of the it's the new year mm-hmm. it's the witch's new year it's a very good time you know yes. if you if you have some like spending money and you know you're looking into buying like a bunch of new like crystals or altar stuff that's just gonna collect dust why mm-hmm. not give that to a practitioner or buy a reading from a practitioner who you really resonate with and get some good messages for the new year? And again, like you, like you just said, and connect with your ancestors, not that you need another person to be, you know, that that phone number to God. But, you know, some of us might feel like we need that at that time or we may just need some extra support. And and, and mm-hmm. that's what it is. I really like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so now speaking of ancestors and I, this was something that kind of occurred to me, um, in a very privileged way. Um, and it was sort of like, I was thinking that, you know, Samhain's coming up. Um, I, I, I know the names of my ancestors and I've visited the literal graves of, um, of my family line in Italy. And, you know, if you dropped me off at the, (laughs) at the Italian airport, I could probably, you know, rent a car and drive two hours into the country and literally find my great grandmother's grave. And I'd be like, Hey, you know, Simone Pagliocini, like this is my great grandma and I could seriously go and see her. And it, it again, in a very privileged way, it, it dawned on me just how much of a privilege that is. And I don't mm-hmm. think we talk about white privilege enough when it comes to witches celebrating Samhain. And I don't think we acknowledge that Um, Some of us don't know um, our ancestors or don't exactly know even what country they come from or their names. Uh, We some people don't even have anything to connect them in a physical way. Like, whereas me, like I'm currently staring at a picture of like my great grandmother and like a black and white picture. And I just think of like the privilege behind that. But Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you have any. I don't know, like any comments or any similar realizations when it comes to like almost the privilege of being able to celebrate Samhain in a very literal way versus Mm -hmm. um, maybe a person of color or whoever it may be who doesn't know. And they they more have to celebrate Samhain in a, I guess, like metaphorical way or a much more Mm -hmm. spiritual way than than the literal way. Right. Well, I think of it as like a, it's like a double-edged sword, really. Like in the age of information, privilege um, can be seen as both helpful and harmful when it comes to specifically like ancestor worship. Um, When people rely on, you know, the names of their ancestors, let's say like people will take a DNA test and look up in public information about, you know, info about their ancestors. Um, But that doesn't give you, like, 
the opportunity to really connect and to channel them and their message and who they were as or are, I guess I should say, as a person, for me, it's almost like a form of spiritual bypassing. Mm. Now, at the same time, um, it's also completely uh, racially based, like this idea of being able to find information about your ancestors uh, via the internet or whatever. So unless you're white, um, you won't be able to track the origins of your ancestors. Like I guarantee it, um, unless it was recorded by a white man. And even still that's problematic because they're only going to record the things that are going to be beneficial for them at the time. So a huge example that I have for all of this, like a huge, that, the realization that really hit me was um, that I've been recently feeling a deep connection with the Jewish people. Now, I don't believe that I have specific, um, to my knowledge, I'm not sure that I have Jewish ancestors. Um, I chatted with my mother about it, and she thinks that if it would be on either side, it would be on my father's side, but there's still no definitive way. Um But who's to say it wasn't part of, like, my past life's family. But I can't just take a DNA test to find out whether my bloodline is for sure Jewish or not because it doesn't account for all of the genocide or, like, other oppressed information that is out there. So instead, I'm just following my intuition to kind of guide me in this sense. Right, right, completely. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Now, I feel I feel like, you know, whether or not you know specifically the names of your ancestors or where you specifically come from or not, mm-hmm. I think literally any witch has a right to celebrate Samhain and it's Mm -hmm. it is it is like a birthright I think to connect to our ancestors whether we know their names or not but I think we can't forget to acknowledge that those of us who who do know you know where our ancestry ancestors are buried or or their names or we have pictures of them or we have an idea of of where they came from I think we always have to remember to acknowledge just how lucky we are and also Mm -hmm. I don't know if there would be a way for me to provide support to someone who maybe feels like some kind of pain or displacement during Samhain time because they they don't exactly know where their ancestors come from but I would totally be open to somehow providing support in that way I just don't know how Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know these are just things I've been thinking about and kind of like an honest an honest mal internal dialogue about (laughs) my own privilege and just like what it means as a witch during Samhain yeah I mean that's really something that I mean, I can't tell you, like, what you can or should be doing at all. I think that you are very self-aware of the kind of gifts that you can give people. And I think that the biggest, like, um, example for me that's coming to mind is um, 
let's say for an example that people of color might not have that accessibility to know exactly where they came from, but only like a certain period of, you know, history where they find out like their ancestors were oppressed or in slavery. Now you might be able to tune into, um, the kind of deities that they can bring in, um, to help usher these ancestors back to them. Um, just like, you know, what would be a good example? Mm. Like channeling Oshun to help heal that aspect of their lineage and to start bringing um, the invitation of their lost ancestors back to their lives. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And also, I think it's important to know that you... You know, I think either way, I think there's always going to be, like, there's always going to be faults, and there's always going to be, um, like, mistakes when we're talking about privilege and when it comes to knowing our ancestry. Uh, But I think Mm -hmm. either way, like, I think my message to any baby witch out there any anybody who's coming into their intuitive abilities like you don't need anybody to connect you to your ancestors you just need yourself and like an intuitive or a psychic or whatever can help you with that but I think Mm -hmm. within yourself you are your ancestors and you are Mm -hmm. your you are your bloodline and yeah and we forget that really easily at least I do sometimes and Samhain's a nice reminder that you know we are we are history (laughs) yeah the idea of people being connected through blood is just such a strong like exciting feeling like just the visualization of like I at one point in time was connected to my mother through a cord and placenta and she was connected to her mother through a cord and placenta and so on and so on like and I'm connected to these people for you know, hundreds and thousands of years, like, it's just so mind-blowing, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I like, I you see, that's the Aquarius in you talking. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like the Aquarius version of Samhain is, like, like totally cosmic. Um, but it's kind of like the, the podcast uh, Cosmic Cousins with Jeff Hinshaw, how he says, like, we're all cousins. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think Samhain kind of brings that to mind, too. Um, Mm -hmm. that we're all interconnected in some way. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm excited for this sound. And this conversation (laughs) is kind of making me um, like excited, but also, I guess, wanting to be of service more, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Just because I I often, um, you know, I think I've, I do, and I, I should say this more confidently because I, I just got, like, self-conscious, but I do have a very strong connection to the other side, and I say mm-hmm. that in the most, like, hopefully the most humbling way I possibly could, and I think oftentimes I, I view that more of a curse as a gift, but I am trying to change that, and I think that my connection to the other side is something that's really highlighted when Samhain comes around and when Halloween comes around. And Mm -hmm. I think it's not only a time to celebrate 
our ancestors and celebrate the new year. But it's also, I think, in a way, maybe it's selfish of me to say this, but I'm kind of feeling like almost it's a it's a day to empower yourself and be like, fuck, yeah, I'm psychic. Fuck, yeah, I'm a, a medium. Fuck, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm an intuitive. Yeah, I can connect to the other side. Like, there just seems to be like a need for celebration and also I think our ancestors are completely like cheering us on from the other side like the amount of people Mm -hmm. who are wanting to connect to spirit now um who are wanting to use tarot who are wanting to use astrology um it's so immense and and I can't I can't even imagine the the reaction on the other side but I I'm sure they're cheering us all on (laughs) Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point about it not only being for the ancestors, but it's also for the self. Because I think that Samhain and Halloween, the reason they go hand in hand are because of that duality type of nature. You know what I mean? Like, so this Samhain being the aspect being, you know, honoring our ancestors and our family and being thankful for the abundance that they have worked so hard to pass down. Um, also using this as like a jumping point to start the new year, to continue the cycle of um, energetic support and generosity, um, kind of like a witchy Thanksgiving and new year all in the same time. Um now, Halloween is different that it's more like we worship the individual, um, you know, desires in a way to channel all of the dark, mischievous, like, things mm-hmm. that are usually seen as, like, impolite to show to the world, um, you know, darker tendencies into exploring that and exploring our creativity through... Um, costumes and being a little bit more like charged and yeah I just really love all of the the themes that Scorpio season has to offer totally and maybe that's the perfect segue into kind of talking more about like the astrology and tarot Speaking of Mercury retrograde. (laughs) I'm here, I think. How about you? (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm okay, too. You know, it's okay. Hopefully our our (laughs) audiences knows we're witches on a budget. We're not those fancy podcasters with the with the microphones we're just doing this on an app so yeah thank thank you for your patience (laughs) yeah we're just real people living real lives exactly yeah okay so so we know that like you said the Scorpio energy is it's very prominent um during Samhain of course um Uh but as for like the deities or the animals or the other energies that are present during Samhain for you who are your like go-tos like what goddesses are you calling in um are you working with any animals currently (laughs) um yes yes I'm working with the owl and Lilith right now um the owl can I just go ahead and tell a story or please okay I'll try to make it quick. So the owl was something that I've always, you know, appreciated them, but you know, whatever wasn't like a huge big deal for me. 
Um, and I know that sometime, I want to say it was last week, maybe it was the week before, it doesn't matter. Um, you had drawn cards on your IGTV and the spirit animal card for Aquarius, which is my sun sign, was the owl. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, you know. Um, and you're talking about how, like, wise they are and, you know, all-knowing and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, great. Like, you know, I appreciate it. Well, the next day I saw some sort of, like, owl statue in, like, the peak of this, like, building complex and I was like, oh, my God, there's an owl. Like, that can't be a coincidence. And then I found out it was just one of those, like, owl statues to keep pigeons away. And I was like, well, I still think it counts. <laughs> and then um, the, the next day I went to practice and our lovely um, people that own the uh, roller rink space had just put out their Halloween decorations and one of them being this like massive um, intense owl in the middle of the rink that has these giant piercing eyes. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I guess owls can be associated with Halloween, but whatever. I wasn't really thinking much about it. Um, and then there was some time, I want to say it was just a few days ago, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. Where, I guess it was a week ago, um, <laughs> I, for some reason, was staying late from work. And if it wasn't for me staying late for work to do some kind of extra thing, um, and then I ended up chit-chatting with a new friend from uh, Roller Derby, um, I would not have been on the road as late as I was, like, going home. It was, like, 10.30, I think. So I was heading home and I was just thinking about, you know, like how this new friend went in to invite me to her winter solstice party. And I thought that was so neat. And I think there was a couple of like other like random like things around that nature that I was thinking about. Um, and then I saw a giant owl in the middle of the road, like on the dotted white median. And it was just sitting there in the road, like looking like it was waiting for me to drive over like all night. And I don't specifically remember seeing any kind of like roadkill in the road, but it was still bizarre. And I almost hit it. I was like, Oh my God, please don't hit the spirit animal <laughs> in the car behind me. Like luckily, you know, swerved and stuff too. And it was intense. So I was, like, so, like, freaked out and supercharged that I just, like, didn't know what to do. I was, like, just totally shook. And then I just remember saying super out loud, like, got it, loud and clear, you're there. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I went, to, I went to bed that night, you know, kind of forgetting about it. And in my dream, I remember being super stressed out at work and... You know, I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to be working while I'm, like, in my dream. Like, I'm supposed to be resting away from work. So I just picked up my computer in the dream and just threw it on the floor. And I was going to be closing up the salon I was working at and was just not giving a fuck. And I turned around and on one of the display shelves was, like, several owls. Oh, different. My God shapes and species or whatever and sizes um and I remember specifically two out of the six of them had these sort of whited out eyes and I it like was chilling 
like scary, but I think it was more like um, it made me think of more like like you would see the traditional like witch or oracle whited out eyes, you know, channeling in a trance. Um, and I just remember feeling like really just chilled about it. And so I just would slowly like step forward trying to like acknowledge this presence that my spirit uh, guides were trying to communicate with me. And I remember like hearing this voice inside of my head, like that they were saying, okay, we finally got our attention. Now nobody make any sudden movements and fly over her head. And I was just like, yeah, cause that <laughs> would definitely freak me out and end this whole like thing. Uh, and I woke up and my heart was like racing. I'm like, okay. Like, so spirit is definitely there. They're definitely listening. And this is just undeniably real. And I remember calling you and just telling you everything about it or maybe messaging and just totally freaking out. Um, so yeah. And then you had sent me some like reference pages of like, you know, the meaning of spirit or not spirits uh, of owls and dreams. Mm. And it was striking that, not only was the themes about, you know, like, wise and, like, hidden knowledge and, like, it was super spot on to, like, all the things we're talking about for Scorpio season. Um, But then it also had to do with um, one of the passages said something about, like, how if you dream about owls in the Jewish culture, um, it is seen as a really bad omen. And I was like, why is that? Like, you know, how why are you know owls above everything else supposed to be seen as super bad in dreams so i was doing some research um and come to find out that the reason they are not fond of owls is because the word um owl or creature of the night screeching owl comes from the word lilith and lilith meaning lilith like the original wife of adam who was made of the same earth he was and was not wanting to be subservient to him. Um, she was like, uh, I'll be your equal, but like, I'm not fucking laying down for you. Um, and then she was demonized. She got kicked out of the garden of Eden and demonized. And I felt like it was this big opportunity to say, okay, look, like spirits are really coming towards you. They're saying it's time to work on your gifts. It's time to practice this. It's time to really tune in um, because this is undeniable right now. And then it's also me trying to channel Lilith as a way of not taking shit from anybody, not letting the opinion of other people uh overshadow my true purpose and my true desires um so yeah that was my <laughs> that's your that's your Samhain that's your my Samhain story yeah that's it's, hashtag, it's all so hashtag many things. Samhain 2019 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so how about you what's going on for you well, first of all, I just want to say that that is an incredible synchronicity that <laughs> is just like mind blowing to me. Yeah. And I even remember like when I was flipping through my dream book, when you were telling me all this owl stuff. And when I saw that, like it had mentioned something, even the mention of 
the owl being somehow involved in the Jewish tradition, even though they view it as somewhat of a bad omen mm-hmm. for, for what you just described. Like that was also an incredible synchronicity because mm-hmm. this whole lead up to Samhain, you've been connecting to the Jewish tradition in very um, like esoteric ways. And I just thought it was so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, kind of, I think like, I like that you're connect- I, I like that you brought up Lilith because I think Lilith is a, a great deity to connect with during this time and I think as a collective we probably are wanting to connect with more of those shadow or dark goddesses like the Morrigan or um or Hecate or um, Hela or Lilith, as you mentioned. For me, I'm not sh- completely sure if a goddess will be visiting me this Samhain. I mean, maybe I'll be surprised because we're still maybe about a week away. But I think in general, I've been very connected to the animal world mm-hmm. lately. Um, and that is to say, like, I just feel so connected to the energy of animals And I really like the fact that you brought up the owl because I think the owl is the perfect animal energy for Samhain because the owl's energy almost reminds me of the high priestess card. Yeah, It's sort of our connection to spirit. It's connection to the divine. Um, An owl is a messenger from this world to the next. So I think that's a great animal energy. I've also been kind of feeling called to work with um, the animal energy of um, the dog and hmm. it kind of re- reminds me of um, Hecate how she has like wolves or dogs mm. and uh, I, I, I've been dreaming of dogs lately and I think there's something deeper to this the meaning than just our cliche interpretation of what a dog may mean like it's loyalty or like man's best friend like there's some deeper meaning to be discovered and also a psychic told me maybe a couple months ago that she saw a dog coming into my life and I was like I sure hope so because honestly I've been feeling like I need a little a little healing dog to bring to work with me and mm-hmm. help me kind of balance my energy and ground me so we'll see but that's really all that's coming to me as of now um and but we'll see as we approach like if any goddess really really screams out at me but right now it's really the animal world Mm -hmm. now while we're on the subject of um you know like channeling um animals or spirits or anything like that um do you have any specific um, experiences with ghosts or spirits, especially like as a kid or recently um, that like made you question your abilities? Mm, interesting. Interesting. No, you know, I think as a kid, and I think I've said this on a previous episode, but like as a kid, I was so scared of everything I was Mm -hmm. so scared of anything that had to do with like ghosts or the other side or I I, still to this day I don't watch scary movies at all like it just scares the shit out of me 
Um, so I think even if in, but I also think there's probably a reason for that. Maybe I'm blocking out something from my memory right. of a kid, like, you know, connecting to the other side or connecting to an ancestor. Um, and even today, like as someone, you know, who feels spiritually connected, who feels like I have a good connection with the other side. Um, I don't run into many ghosts in person I feel like a lot of the times I'm constantly having conversations with people just working in a metaphysical shop about um like house clearings and I'm constantly tapping into the energy of like okay what's going on in this person's house okay um I'm feeling something like in their bathroom like I'm feeling something in their basement or something like that but me like I've never I've never had the experience of seeing a full-blown like apparition like other people have um mm-hmm. and I don't know if I want that experience to be honest mm-hmm. and I think I think my guides know that I'm easily frightened um and specifically I went to a college that had like at my university it was very famous for like ghost sightings and which I won't get into right now and I feel like if I were to see something it would have been there and I'm more of a feeler than a seer, if that makes sense. Like, (laughs) I'll feel the presence, but I I don't want to, I think, I just don't want to open myself up to that. That seems too freaky. That seems too, that's so Raven or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I agree. Um, I feel as though, like, when you're a kid, like, I, I too am, like, easily frightened, um, and I feel what I've come to understand about spirits is I'm I'm the same way. Like I don't physically see them um, unless I'm like half asleep for some reason. I feel like that's when it's easier. Um, some people say like, oh, you're just like lucid dreaming or like, oh, you're just, you know, you're not all there. So it's not real. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense to me because my dreams are as real as real life they aren't specifically like you know I don't physically think if I throw my computer on the floor it's gonna happen in real life it's it's <laughs> much more like a poetry and like like hidden meanings you know what I mean um but I feel like as coming between the dream world into the material world you are way more susceptible to those types of things so the couple of times I have seen something um, was coming from that dream world into the regular world. And what I've come to realize about spirits and why I've used to perceive them as malicious in the past was they're, they're like people in the fact of like, you know, if you eat a bunch of shitty food, like fast food and greasy food, you're going to feel like shit. So, like, if you give them all of this fear-based energy, they're going to be fear-based entities and, like, want to scare you. Like, I don't think they physically want to be that for you, but it's, like, that's all the energy you're giving them is that fear. So, it's, like, well, they have to manifest somehow to get the message across. Um, So, learning lately and, you know talking with you after that tarot reading you did for me was so monumental as to, you know, coming to these spirits 
from a place of love and support, I'm way less like scared. And I feel as though the, the presence is so much easier and not as unsettling, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. I love that. That is like the perfect medicine that I need the Samhain <laughs> because even though I freaking I freaking work in the, the spiritual realm, I think there mm-hmm. still is like an embedded fear into me that I'm still trying to let go of. And it's it's the fear and mistrust in spirit. And mm-hmm. truly, I think that is what this Samhain, at least Samhain 2019 is about for me. It's about mm-hmm. really embracing like a spiritual world that loves me and is holding my hand and really has nothing but support for me. Yeah. Uh, and there's no reason for me to fear. Um, like you said, like feed, feed the ancestors with fear more like we need to start feeding them with our love. And I think our ancestors also grow in strength and our ancestors need healing too. And when we mm-hmm. heal ourselves and when we give them love and attention, that that absolutely heals them. I think in general, our ancestors, we've kind of abandoned them in some way. Uh, and yeah, and I think Samhain's all about remembering like uh, kind of like Thanksgiving, like Thanksgiving shouldn't be the only day of the year you give gratitude and Samhain shouldn't be the only day of the year that you connect with your ancestors, you know? Yeah. Now, I wanted to bring up the the idea that Samhain is the thin, like the time of year when the veil is at its thinnest, the veil meaning between the material world and the spiritual world. Um, now, do you resonate with Samhain only being that time, or do you resonate with Beltane being the opposite side of the year, being the thinnest also? You know, to be honest, when and even during this episode, I've said, like, the veil is thinning. Like, But now that you're asking me this question, I'm like, do I really believe that? Or is that just something that I'm, like, repeating? Like, I'm, like, being, like, the hero font card. Because, like, the veil is thinning is, like, something that, like, <laughs> like someone who is a very like seasoned pagan would say uh mm-hmm. and would do but does do I really believe that I mean I don't think so necessarily because I don't think there's a time of year that like we can more easily connect to spirit you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I think like it doesn't matter if it's like the middle of summer or if it's right on Halloween I think that um I think that we can connect with spirit anytime we want. But Mm -hmm. that being said, I think the whole metaphor of it's fall, things are dying, um, the leaves are falling, it's Scorpio season, we're going into the underworld, it's the the light, the day is getting shorter, it's darker. Um, Like, I think this time of year brings to mind death. And I think that's what we're truly embracing. Um, Mm -hmm. We're trying to sort of surrender to um, all the ways that death can be beautiful, but also all the ways that we can sort of embrace the other side with, with, I think, more, yeah, just more love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if that makes sense. Do you, do you feel like you're more psychic 
like on Halloween, like this is freaking like Halloween town and grandma Aggie's coming on the bus <laughs> and like this is the only time you get to talk to her or like do you feel like <laughs> do you feel like that that's not the case for you? Um I think that it really just depends on what is going on in my life at the time. Now, I feel like astrologically when I'm pushed to slow down, like, let's say for an example, like during Mercury retrogrades, I feel like I am more susceptible to it, forced to slow down and, you know, because I tend to miss things if I keep going everything according to plan, like consistently staying 60 on the highway, you know what I mean? And not having so much room for detour or for divine intervention, I guess I should say, um, for things to appear like the owl. Um, and I feel like retrogrades are a great opportunity for that. Um, but I feel like if the veil is thinning, I feel as though it has to be more than once a year. But I feel like it's there for different purposes. So with the veil thinning for Sawin being like giving thanks to the past and that whole Scorpio themes of, you know, like death and rebirth and this whole transformation, which may seem deeply more painful or exciting to some people. So I feel like maybe that's why it gives such a big jolt to people, um, especially with it being the new year. It's like this, it's kind of like you are releasing all of the things that no longer suit you from the year before. And then you're also at the same time making plans to manifest things in the coming year. Um, but with Beltane, you're, it's kind of like a little pit stop in there. So it, it is a way to give thanks, but it's more about giving thanks to like the present manifestations. And if you're presently working with certain, like, let's say like DDs associated with abundance, I feel like they can give you an opportunity to work on yourself, um, but not so much like of an ancestor-based idea, if that makes sense. Like, I feel as though you can channel deities and spirit guides more um, because you are in this height of, you know, abundance, but I think that Autumn, I agree, is more um ancestor raised yeah I love how you put that and I think there's such a poetry about like the wheel of the year and the pagan holidays that it's it's undeniable like you know it, mm-hmm. it just flows and, and it makes sense and and I think in a way we've talked about Mercury retrograde um, kind of coming up and we're in the shadow right now. And mm-hmm. it, the, it officially Mercury go, goes retrograde or stations retrograde on Samhain 2019 this year, October 31st. Yeah. And now, how do you I think, feel about that? Well, I think that it really is giving us time to, I think, decompress 
uh, I think it's sort of we've been through so much and we've we've transformed and let go of so much this year. And it's just been a shadow worky kind of year. And I, I hate to say it, but I think 2020 is kind of going to be the same um, in a different way, though. Uh, I'm kind of I, I don't know if I'm excited or scared for the astrology <laughs> of 2020, but yeah, I do think this Mercury retrograde is giving us a chance to like collect our collect ourselves and I'm kind of welcoming the slowdown in a way and, and I'm welcoming and the fact that Mercury is going retrograde in Scorpio I'm thinking like that actually it's going to benefit us in communicating with spirit in a way because we're going to be mm-hmm. going more, more internal and when when communication isn't going well in the human realm then you just you just text your your homies up up in the spirit world and you know that <laughs> and that's the what the mercury retrogrades kind of telling me in a way yeah yeah absolutely yeah well oh my gosh well okay we've been going for like quite a while so i feel like we should we should probably wrap up before we go before we leave our baby witches um can you give us it doesn't have to be a traditional card, but can you give us the tarot card that's kind of coming to you for Samhain? Um, well, I mean, death was a big one that had came up, not because it's like related to Scorpio, but it, it was also a huge came up in a reading you did for me recently. So I'm going to stick with that. Um, <laughs> And the Queen of Cups, I've decided, was another good one. It's, you know, I feel like this whole opportunity to get down and to have these conversations with not only people, but with our loved ones that have passed is really monumental. Um, I was also thinking about, like, the more minor cards that fall into Scorpio. So meaning, like the five, six, and the seven of cups. So like this weird transition of like, you know, the bitter loss, the, the wonderful gain. And then this, this whole idea of lifting the veil from illusion um, and just slowly uncovering the hidden treasure and the hidden truth behind things. Mm, yeah. We're definitely in the cups, the cups of the tarot <laughs> right now. Yeah. For sure. For yeah. sure. How totally. about you? You know, the one card that's actually really, really speaking to me is the moon. And some, sometimes the moon, you know, I think until recently, it's, it's a card for me that I do not enjoy pulling, uh, even though it's the freaking Pisces card, isn't it? It's a, no, well, hanged man is Neptune and then the moon is Pisces. Yeah. yeah. So it's literally my card. But for me, I usually associate that card with like feeling frustrated and feeling like, God damn it, I just don't know where I'm going and I'm just ready for, I'm ready for answers and spirit or the the world is not giving me the answers that I want and I'm just in this dark forest. But um recently and especially actually right 
as we are speaking, I am staring at the moon card um, from the Aquarian tarot. Mm-hmm. And I just love this depiction of the moon. And it just yeah. seems like w- it, it's so soft and it's kind of inviting us into the other, the other realm in, in such a beautiful way. And the moon can be such an invitation into spirit yeah. when when the unknown is being faced in the human realm well the only place to go is to spirit and right. it can kind of be like beautiful to let spirit kind of guide you through that dark forest when mm. you don't have a flashlight which is what i'm thinking yeah. when i look at the moon so that's really the card that's calling me Interesting. So that makes me this like, I can't remember where I heard this, but it was a friend of mine had a relative that I want to say it was something like, like a, a couple degrees of separation where they would, or maybe it was a podcast. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, the, this relative would, you know, they were a writer, so they would, they would, you know, eat dinner and then go right to bed and then would get up at midnight and around in the woods for like a moon walk just for hours. And then they would come back at like two, like in the morning and then and I'm like, that is so intense to like commit yourself to getting up and walking out in the woods in the moonlight every night. Um, but at the same time, like, I love the way the moon looks outside, especially when it's super bright and everything is almost like this odd twilight sense. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like getting up in the mil- middle of the night and there's not quite enough light. So everything still kind of looks black and white because the the rods in your eyes just don't have enough light in the room to articulate color. It's like that weird sabia vision almost. Mm, yes. There's see it's, I love it because the, the moon, the, the moon card in the tarot, it's really, it's really the card out of everything that is so varied in in interpretation and mm-hmm. that's exactly what the moon card is right like we just <laughs> don't we don't know and yeah. I love I love the anybody's take on the moon I just love hearing yeah. how people feel about it because it's such an interesting card yeah yeah, yeah. that's great awesome well thank you helped me I mean I, I like I said I still I still see myself as a baby witch, so I really appreciate you always talking talking about witchy stuff with me, and um, I feel like I have a, such a better understanding of Samhain after this this conversation. I don't know. I just love it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so fascinated with anything has to do with this time of year so and I think that it's so cute that our like our friendship anniversary is during this time of year also oh yeah well happy friendship (laughs) anniversary yeah and we'll talk soon and of course uh you'll be back on horoscope which I'm sure again eventually maybe for Beltane and thank you guys so much for listening thank you